Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. About 15 years ago, I attended an amazing three-day leadership summit in Anaheim, California. It was organised by the late Jim How to Have Your Best Year Ever Roan, with a host of other speakers, including Brian Tracy, Dennis Waitley, and a guy called Charlie Tremendous Jones. It was really one of the best organised events I've ever attended. Now, I bought the top gold ticket and was allocated seats three rows from the front. It was it was fantastic. As I walked into this massive room, there must have been about two or three thousand people in the room. It's a massive room in an American Marriott Hotel. And there was this loud rock music playing and lights flashing with cameras sort of flashing around all over the place. And you know, the cameras were there recording every moment, by the way, we got videos of it. And to say the atmosphere was electric was was an understatement. It was like an earthquake of energy. Uh, It was was really, as you walked in, you just felt energised from the the, the, the atmosphere in there. It was fantastic. And I was pleased to have an allocated seat because I hate that scrum you get when the doors open and, you know, people are charging to the aisles and to reserve a good seat and then putting their coats on the front row and all this sort of stuff. This was a civilised and organised event. It was equivalent to business class compared to sort of Ryanair, if you like. Now, during the intervals, you also didn't have to queue up. You just, go, and, you know, it wasn't like you. there's one door open at the back of the room and you're all trying to get through this one door and then, you know, you have to wait for one coffee station or like I've been to events at the XL where you have to walk like hundreds of yards down to the other end and wait 20 minutes just to get one coffee. Uh, so here, as you opened the, the, the doors, they're all the way down the side of the auditorium and you just walked out and opposite there was tables with, with drink stations. They had water on tap they had all day from big barrels and they had coffee there. And it, and it was fantastic, you know, uh, and it just everything just went smooth as, as, as clockwork, really. It was just an amazing event. And, and they really know how to organize big, large events in America, actually. They're, they're really very good at conventions. Now, as I sat down on my seat, you know, you say hello to the people around you, either side of you. And one of the, the guys I was sitting next to was a friendly young guy called Jeff Roberti. And it was, it was quite a, you know, I'd say he must have been in his late 20s, handsome guy, you know, full of vigor. Hi, Charles, you know, and really, really good, good guy. And I got chatting to him, asked him what he did. He said network marketing. So I thought, hmm, you know, probably struggling to sell a few vitamins. He's probably got, you know, a garage full of, water filters and stock from companies that have gone bust and, and all the rest of it. I, I just had a, a kind of a not a very positive feeling about network marketing because most of the people I know in network marketing are not making very much money. And But my assumption couldn't be further for the truth. In fact, as I got talking to him, it turns out that he'd gone from being a waiter in Florida to joining a vitamin company and building a massive worldwide team. I mean, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people he had under him. But at the time I met him, he said, Charles, I've just parked past the $50 million mark in commissions. I said, you mean like turnover? He said, no, commissions. 
he he'd earned fifty million dollars in commissions. So he didn't need to say anymore. That was his his his, uh, his result: fifty million dollars in commissions. He knew exactly where it was. And you know, just to, to update on that, I contacted him ten years later, and he was pushing a hundred million by this time, still with the same company. Now it's uh, unbelievable. And I you know I confirmed. And other people have said this. He wasn't just making this up. I, I later confirmed it with other people. Now, later that day, one of the speakers gave us an exercise. He said, OK, I want you to turn to the next person sitting you're sitting next to you. And I want you to exchange your number one best tip for success. So I turned to, to Jeff and he started with his tip and he became very serious all of a sudden. He, he became very almost like he, he zoned in on something and he looked me in the eye and said, Charles, if you want to be successful, you have to focus on one thing at a time and keep doing that to the best of your ability until you succeed. That's the most important thing. I thought, wow. And then he added that he was a waiter. And when he was a waiter, he was the best waiter in the restaurant. And whatever he did, he tried to do it to the best of his ability. So when he joined this network marketing vitamin company, he gave it everything he had with all of his focus and attention. So he said, whoa, okay. I'm like blown away by this. And he said, okay, now it's your turn. I mean, like, how the hell could I follow that? You know, it's like coming on after a great comedian. You come on and, you know, how are you going to follow that? You know, what am I going to say to him? Here's my tip to make another $50 million. I mean, to be honest, I can't remember what I said. I said something about building a database. I can't remember. I just mumbled some stuff. And, you know, he thanked me politely. But I showed you that my tip was pretty rubbish compared to his. Now, I later had a chance to meet with the great Jim Rohn himself. That was part of my uh, gold package and had a chance to sit down with him. It was quite weird, actually, because he, he sat in this room. We all led him one by one. And, you know, it was like climbing up the mountain to meet this guru. And then you get up there and you don't know what to say to him. And he's just quite high Charles, you know, very, very quiet guy. Um, and I, I started asking him a question. He just nodded his head. He answered that question. I, I don't know what to say to him. You know, it was, it was I was looking for this tip of the year or something but I, I didn't really get it and I, I mentioned I was sitting next to Jeff and he said yeah he's earning 50 million dollars right and you know so he confirmed it he knew he knew Jeff in fact I asked uh, Jeff why he was coming back to see Jim Rohn when he'd obviously been to Jim Rohn before and um, you know he'd read all his books and he was already super successful and he said it's a bit like that story that you want your dad to tell you again you know tell me again daddy tell me again daddy and, you know, all the guys there up the front were, were all people who knew Jim Rohn. They're all successful. And they're all laughing at the jokes, like the same jokes. It was like going to a concert and hearing your, the band playing, you know, the same songs and you, you sing along with them. They were they were laughing at his stories and the way he told the stories, the way he crafted the stories, Jim. Fantastic speaker. He, he really held the audience in the palm of his hand. He didn't do much shouting and, you know, banging his fist and all that sort of thing. But he, he crafted stories and and he had these homespun kind of farm boy wisdom kind of stories that just captured the moment and made his point through great stories that you can still remember a bit like Jesus and the parables. You know, you still remember the parables of the, you know, the talents or, or whatever the parables are. You, you, you remember them. They get the points across. So what am I saying here? Go and join a network marketing company. No, I'm not saying that. It's you know, you've got to find whatever's right for you. But whatever it is, you should focus on that, whatever it is. Too many people, you know, jump from this to that. You know, nowadays we're bombarded by millions of messages and advertisements on social media, email, 
uh, television, all seeking our attention. Every day I get emails saying, you know, join this webinar, join that, free this and free that. And it's so hard to focus on um, you know, one thing. And, and young people now find it hard to even finish a book. We know this from figures from Amazon and Audible that, you know, when they're looking at ebooks and, uh, um, you know, the books that you, you can track and, and how many pages people are, are reading, like Kindle, they can track that people barely get through the first 50 pages and then they're on to something else. So it's so, so easy to hop from one thing to another and they're chasing that shiny penny like a like a lost butterfly. You know, you, you do one course, you say, I'm going to get into property. Then you do another course, you say, well, I'm going to get into stock market now. And then it's, well, no, I'm, I'm going to do uh, Forex exchange trading. I'm going to be a currency trader. And, and then it's something else, isn't it? So uh, it's, it's easy to, to hop around chasing that shiny penny. It's more difficult to, to focus and concentrate on one thing and push it through to, to the end. Um, and, you know, I must admit, I'm, I was a bit like that. You know, I've done that myself. And fortunately, uh, when, when I started a, a business around the year 2000, I, I had a great partner who was a, a really good finisher. She, she could really, um, you know, look, like focus on things and, and keep going. She was very persistent and, you know, she, she didn't give up very easy. She was very, very persistent. So that, that kind of helped direct me. And when I would go off at a tangent, sometimes you know, no, let's get get back to this. You know, don't don't get involved with this and that. Just 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 focus on this. And that that built us an amazing fortune. I had a, a great fifteen years running that particular business. And from that, I then, uh, as a sideline, built a property business as well. But it, it shows you that if you can't do something, maybe you've got to get around the right team that can help you do that. Now, getting on to mindfulness. Now, I've just completed a mindfulness course, and part of being mindful is developing the ability to to focus and you know one of the exercises is to to start breathing and you know take a deep breath i'm not going to run through the whole thing and, and take you through a mindfulness exercise but you know if you just start to breathe and just focus on your breathing you know just think about your breath going in you know feel it going through your nostrils feel it filling up your your lungs and filling up your belly so it's going right down and then breathe and take a deep breath and let it out and then for, for just a few minutes, just, just think about your breathing. That's that's really most of it. You know, they, they take you into deeper levels of mindfulness. But most, most of it is about focusing on, on breathing and breath and, and focusing on what's going on in your body. And, you know, your mind can then drift from subject to subject like a butterfly. Mindfulness teaches you then to, to keep coming back to your breathing. Just focus on the breath. So during this breathing exercise, when you're your uh, your eyes are closed and you know you're, you're focused on breathing you might be thinking oh uh, I've, I've got to get that food out of the freezer I've got to do some shopping later on I've, I've got to get sort out the dinner I've got to sort out lunch I've got a meeting later and and then what mindfulness teaches you is to keep coming back to your breathing so that you, you know you, you just come back to that you focus on it. And, it and it's a bit like you see you know Buddhist chants and um, Trappist monks and and this Taze kind of prayers where they're just singing and chanting the same thing over and over again. It's it's about the same thing. It's about focusing. And and this this follows across many different uh, genres and religions all around the world that do the same thing to help them to help them focus. And, you know, this is not some new age woo woo stuff. You know, I was listening to uh, an interview with Ray Dalio, the great fund manager who's a billionaire. He's got what's described as the fifth or sixth most important business in in the in the US I think it's Bridgewater the name of his company an amazing guy 
who you know in the early 80s went broke and he's just got back to to become a billionaire since then but he has been meditating since 1967 or 69 so it's not some new age thing here and he said meditation is is he puts it down as a key element of his success hard nosed guy businessman uh, fund manager you know very um uh, focused on his uh, algorithms and 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 methods and uh, methods of, of of making money and and yet at the same time he will take time to to meditate and sort out his mind and he he mentions even uh, just repeating a mantra he he mentioned that in in the image, in, interview repeating a mantra so it's not something uh, that only people do who uh, you know, monks in in monasteries who sit down all day focusing on the navel don't make don't don't make light of this it's very important a lot of people do this and getting back to business um in your business this can jumping around from this to that and not focusing not being able to focus can often lead to a lack of success and you know either failure or things just never getting off the ground because you try one thing and you stop that and then you try one thing for a few months you think oh, i'll get into network marketing and then you try that for two months and give up you know 99 of people give up in network marketing people like jeff roberti stuck with it and made an absolute fortune you know he told me he was able to buy his his mum a house and his brother a house and you know there's a video of him you know, buying a Mercedes for his mum and wrapping it up and taking it to a house and surprising her. He was able to do all the things he wanted to do. And when I saw him, he was so relaxed. He was, uh, after the convention, he was going off to play tennis somewhere down down in California, going off to a, a, a sort of a health club tennis thing with a few guys. You know, he looked really relaxed and focused. And incidentally, he told me that um, when he's talking to me, when he's in a meeting, he, he always has his phone switched off. He said, you know, number one, it's rude for it to answer calls during a meeting. And number two, you know, you can't listen to what someone's saying if you're concentrating on your phone or sending text messages. And this was years ago and before smartphones even. So he, he had the right ideas then. Now, getting back to, to business, um, I, I, I once heard a talk by, by, by Brian Trace. I think it might have been at this convention. He said that he's always amazed that, you know, I've got nothing against this, but he's always amazed that the dumbest kid in the class often turned out to be the most successful. You know, you go back to these um, class reunions and, you know, you find that someone who's not as clever as you is actually a lot richer than you. And he just, he made a kind of joke about it. But it was a serious point because what he was really talking about is that some people are able to just focus on one thing rather than a hundred things. You know, they, they, they were just able, and he told a little joke about some guy that, um, you know, uh, just... They said, how did you make so much money? And he said, well, I buy something for $1 and I'm able to sell it for $3. And then he said, it's amazing what you can do with 50% profit, you know, and everyone laughed at that joke, you know, but it, it was just that this guy was able to focus on on one thing. He talked about another guy that um, just goes around making offers on properties at 50% below market value. And that's that's his, that's his thing. That's all he does. He goes to properties and said, I'll give you 50% for cash sale. And he said he's been thrown off property lots. He's been chased by dogs. But, in you know, because he just, he got this one vision, um, you know, tunnel vision approach. He just does that and just keeps on at it. And he's, he's made a lot of money from it. So that, that was the idea of saying, you know, sometimes people who, 
you know, you might not think are very clever, but they just latch onto one thing and just focus on it. And that makes them super successful, no matter how clever or silly you think they are. My mother told me a story. She grew up in Ireland uh, in the 1940s. And there's one boy in class um, who uh, was you know, not the brightest kid in the class. And in, in those days, they would use donkeys to to carry things around. They'd put two two baskets on either side of the donkey and they'd, they'd put wood in it or turf to burn that uh, they'd dig up in the mountains and take it down. And he, he tried to push this donkey through a small gate with, with the two baskets on its back. And everyone was laughing. How can he be so stupid to try and push this donkey when it clearly it had these two baskets on its back? And that became like, he became like the village idiot. You know, the, the joke sort of, you know, over there, if something like that happens in a small village in Ireland, it stays with them for life, you know. And, you know, every everyone could see that it wasn't possible, but he, he just went on and, and, and kept pushing. So what happened then? Well, a few years later, this, this boy uh, saw somebody wiring a house. Now, in those days, a lot of houses were not fully wired for electricity. They didn't even have, you know, in some of the hilly, hilly areas, they didn't have uh, the wiring for full electricity. People were still using oil lamps. And, you know, he saw one of the rural houses being wired for electricity. Now, this same dumb boy watched how they did it. And he just watched very carefully. He Again, he focused on what they were doing. He just sat there intently and watched them. And somehow he managed to pick up how, how this was done. And then he went on to wire a house for somebody else. And they said, well, you can do that. Well, maybe you can do it for my friend here. And then he did, he did another one and another one and another one. And in the end, he built a massive business as an electrician at wiring houses. Of course, this is before you had all these rules and regulations. But, you know, he, he built a fortune just by um, literally by focusing on one thing and focusing on that and picking it up and then putting it into action. And then he didn't say, well, I'm going to try another business and another business or, you know, and, and I'm going to do this or that. He just stuck with that and, and he made himself a, a small fortune doing that. Now, of course, look, being branded as dumb just because you're not academic is, is entirely wrong and really discriminatory. Uh, just because somebody is not academic, it doesn't mean that they're not intelligent or ignorant. Uh, after all, not everybody is interested in the classics and literature and poetry. You know, this is the sort of knowledge that uh, Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, described as general or non-specialized knowledge. And it's not the sort of knowledge you would need to make a fortune or be successful in business. And it's certainly not the sort of knowledge that an employer wants from somebody starting out. Uh, so don't be, uh, don't, don't feel bad because you don't know these things. You know, we, we know that uh, IQ, which is largely measured by solving problems and reasoning, is not the only measure of intelligence. We know that EQ uh, is also a measure of intelligence. And, and, you know, we know this. I mean, I'll give you another example. Footballers are often mocked because they appear to be stupid and inarticulate and uneducated. Well, maybe they are in academically because they've, they've just focused on their football all, all of their, their teenage years. And, and maybe they don't speak proper, uh, you know, but this is a, a very snobbish and middle class view of intelligence, I, I think. You know, oh, look at the way he speaks, you know, um, and just because and they laugh, they look down their noses at people like that. And, you know, just because it's one of the things that's happened in the UK is that, you know, people with certain accents are not given the right jobs. They're not welcomed into certain parts of society. And this, this still goes on today. Um, you know, it's still a, 
something that's not even mentioned when we talk about discrimination or or racism. This is a form of racism, but it's against the class, against the working classes, if you like. You know, enough of my soapbox box. But Wayne Rooney is is a footballer, or he's retired now. But he was often ridiculed in the in the, the news and 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 you know, the media for being stupid. In, in fact, there was even jokes on spitting image, wasn't there, of him being led around on a lead and. Was it Spitting Image or one of those comedy shows where he's led around like a dog on a lead by by his wife? And yet he had an amazing ability on the field. He was able to an, an, analyse complex positions and situations of play within seconds. You know, he could look around the field, make the right pass. He could actu- accurately judge the shots and, and a pass with uncanny ability. He was one of the best players in the country uh, that, that we've seen. He had an amazing ability uh on the field and yet they, they called him stupid you know he could time there was a famous goal he scored from an overhead kick a ball flying through the air and he does his overhead kick and scores you know the, the goal of the of the year uh, so just because he lacked academic ability and spent his youth focusing on football and developing his skills to football it does not mean that he is dumb by, by no means he's, he's not dumb and i'm sure he can make it in in other areas in in football so in summary, then, if you want to have your best year ever, as Jim Rohn put it, use mindfulness and focus to concentrate on the really important things that matter to you and your family most. Don't waste time on distractions or get hung up just because you can't answer all the questions on who wants to be a millionaire. You know, the guys at the local pub quiz, it doesn't really matter. You know, you've got to have your specialised knowledge for your business, for your whatever you want to do, whether it's business or whatever it is. Uh, and just just focus on that. If you want to know more about mindfulness, there there are loads of free uh, um, resources on mindfulness on the internet, and courses are very very cheap. Uh, if if you want to get into that, you can download apps and that sort of thing. But but I would say just start with your your breathing and spend a few minutes every day just focusing on your breathing, and and you know, you'll be amazed at how you feel afterwards. You'll be amazed at the results if you practice it and if you do it. So. As we enter, the, as you know, as we come to the end of this year, uh, it's been a tough year, um, but a new year will come. Things will pass. Uh, disasters come and go, but they pass. Uh, set your goals and targets for next year and just keep focusing on them. And when your mind wanders, just keep coming back to the breath, as they say. Uh, so all it takes from me is, is to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a happy and prosperous new year. Make this your best year ever. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 